This is show another anti-hero song. For November 2nd, 2022. How's it going? How goes it? Well, I Taylor Swift came out with another album, and then I was just like, I'm a I'm a Tay Tay fan since 1989. I'll admit it right now. Fuck Scooter Brown. <laughs> yeah, uh, but. I don't know. I'm still going through her album and stuff, but I, I never heard Taylor Swift cuss before, like at least on an album. So this Midnight album, if you don't know, it got dropped out of nowhere ten days ago. There was a rumor. I heard things like Donald Trump back in the day. I heard that Taylor is gonna release an album, and she did. And then, um, you know, it's a very poppy sounding one, unlike the cardigan wearing the last two albums, the Evermore, Folkmore, you know, all that shit that came out. I'm still going through it, but. I guess Antihero is a song that is one of the singles out there. I think. I don't know. I don't have a concept of a single anymore in an album because, like, everybody just releases EP or song. Regardless, you know, I, it's funny how the song comes out, you know, right after the Black Adam come out and then be like, oh, we're going to we're gonna have Dwayne be the antihero of the DCEU. So, anyways, we're about a week out. Uh, you know, by the time this episode comes out, we're about six days, six days away, everybody. From uh, voting in America for the midterm elections. You know, there are a lot of elections going on, including uh, over in Brazil, where uh, Bolsonaro lost, but he hasn't spoken up yet as of a Tuesday afternoon. We're here in America. But, you know, whatever. So Luna came back. So let's see what happens. I hope they save some forests and bring some sanity to one of the largest up-and-coming economies in the world. So uh, midterm election in America. What do I say to this? <laughs> I'll be honest, this is like a least fuck given election. But I guess that goes with the part that says, hey, it's an election season, midterm, not the main primary one, all that, yada, 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 right? Um, but if you want to hear more about me bitching about the super left, lib- you know, and all that stuff, go listen to the episode 257 from February 23rd this year. It's spelled anti-work, not anti-woke, you know. That talks more about this, uh, the trend that we're see- seeing with the extreme left. I don't have to get into the extreme right at this point. When I heard some, you know, the whole the guy broke into Nancy Pelosi's house with a, you know, and then Paul Pelosi, Nancy's husband, who's eighty three by the way. Nancy is like seventy nine, if I remember right. And then he grabbed the, he was like trying to get him out with a hammer, and then he got the hammer taken from him. Fucking guy, you know, I guess boinked. Paul with a hammer and with a skull fracture, but I was like expected to make a full recovery. I'm like, what is this country coming to? But yeah, I, I, I digress. I don't want to get into that because we're, we already knew the political discourse in this country. And to be honest, around the world has been pretty fractured at this point with the social media and everything. That's a whole separate topic. So let's handicap the fucking election. The polls, everybody. The fucking polls. Uh, as it seems right now, um, the toss-up is in the Senate, the higher chamber of the House. The lower, it seems to be leaning towards Republicans. And then the governorship and then other secretary of offices and all those secretary of state, you know, who handle the rest of the elections, you know, driver's license, you know, state ID, who knows. But basically, uh, more likely scenario looks like uh, toss-up in Senate, Republicans for the House. And a lot of it, and then the poll numbers are, 
you know, suspect. And then everybody in CNBC and Canarchy on the MSNBC, excuse me, then 538 are like, I don't know, like all the polls. And then the fucking Republicans are going like, polls are fucking lies. And then, so it's like, all right, so who controls the Congress in the federal level? So on 538 right now, it says 49 and then 100, Republicans control both. Less than 1 in 100, the Republicans win the Senate and Democrats win the House. 34 in 100, the next scenario, Democrats, you know, have to keep the majority in the Senate, Republicans win the House. Democrats win both chambers is 16 in 100. So that is according to the 538 with the polls and everything. If I look at political right now, I think the political head somewhat similar, but there is a lot of toss-up stuff going on. So uh, Senate remains a toss-up. House, likely Republican, not leaning. Governors, uh, we predict the most Americans will be led by Democratic governors. And yeah, it looks like that way also, except few places here uh, seem fringe at best, such as Oregon. <laughs> you know, this is where like a lot of like, I think there's going to be a lot of awakening, which the Democratic you know, campaign the last two years has been, look, the democracy and the Trumpism is at stake. Mm. is evidenced by Yunkin and all that election that happened. Like, the Democrats are basically trying to paint this picture that the Republicans equal facet, potential fascism and end of democracy, which is not an invalid point. But I also go, look, uh, Joe Man. this is where I think, like, Joe Manchin and some of these people are correct, where I think economy and immediate thing in front of your eyes is what matters more than a long-term thing. Because the reality is people vote on immediacy rather than immediacy and urgency what's in front of them rather than, you know, thinking about the next generation. Which, to be honest, is a cumulative effect of the government and the structure that we have gotten, especially the last 40 years, in my opinion, and also the climate change situation we have gotten over the last four or five decades, half century at this point. Um, so given that inflation ain't easing down, you know, like ain't easing off, whatever the interest rate that goes up, the inflation is slowing down, but not exactly. And then all these, especially like tech companies and big firms are like letting people go and all that stuff just to mitigate, you know, cause because of all that, I think economy is like in the thick of the minds for everybody. And then everybody blames Biden for gas price. And then I'm like, what world leader dictates the oil price in this place? Unless you're running Saudi government or some shit, right? And a lot of the factors also, you know, with the Russian-Ukraine crisis, the inflation, especially surrounding the fertilizer and global food supply, ain't helping either. But that's beyond anybody outside Russia and Ukraine at this point. So, what do I think is going to happen? I really think there's going to be a lot of split votes. Split as in, you have your ballot... And there's a lot of people who are going to go, I'm going to pick Senate, for example, a Senate, a Democrat, but a governor, Republican. That has become sort of the narrative that's been going on Axios and other places, too. And I'm kind of along that line. And what do I attribute that to? Well, one, the branding of the Democrats and the liberals with this, like, fucking wokeism. God, I mean, I woke up on a Tuesday, the November 1st, and I look at the Daily Mail, the United Kingdom's 
most famous publication at this point on Snapchat. Fucking first two, three stories are bitching about the Halloween costumes and how inappropriate it is. Billie Eilish with his older boyfriend. Kylie, uh, Kendall Jenner with a Toy Story costume that is like too provocative for the kid's story. Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly with a religious imagery that is over the top. I mean, I'm going like, forget the Halloween costume. Like, I, I'm not dumb enough to like look at that and go fucking liberals. And then the Democrats as a whole. But I just go like, that's going to be the staple of image that's going to get in in the heads of people if you're getting blasted with this shit. And how many times do I have to hear Bill Maher and his new rules to, you know, talk about the Halloween costume. And I talked about the Halloween costume thing too, so whatever. So anyways, that's the staple. On the other hand, the Republicans, it's just like they don't offer anything unless you're already in the wormhole. Like that guy who grabbed the fuck, who broke into Pelosi's house and do all that shit. And I'm just like, have, have we, like, it's wrong. Like, that's fucking wrong. It, like, we don't, how did this happen? But like, you know, every fringe of like even American history of it, like some moment of this happens. I just go like, people just pick them just to not be a Democrat. It's a protest vote in my opinion still. Like if you look at Michigan here, and it got gerrymandered the hell out where one district for the House, the United States House was lost, but you know, and then things got drawn interestingly, I would say, where people are leaning towards in one house, the Lieutenant 2, the Lieutenant 2, Nancy Pelosi, Dan Kildee up in, uh, uh, what was it, the Flint, Grand Blanc, Saginaw, Bay City, all that. They all got combined into one instead of just the uh, one county for Flint over there where it's been traditionally Democrat. Now it's in the heat of the battle, toss-up leaning towards a Republican over there. And I'm like, why would you pick that? Well, it's just, a, it's just an anti-Pelosi choice. And people just simply look at it that way. What have the Democrats done to help in this, you know, district? And then the answer is, uh, in their view, nothing. Ah, high pay, high gas prices, fuck this shit. Why am I doing a southern accent up in the fucking tri-city, tri-region of fucking Michigan? But whatever, you get the idea. And then, even on the West Coast, the Oregon, like Joe Biden had to get out there for the Oregon gubernatorial election because it's got to a point where, oh, it's a fucking eh, kind of leaning towards Democrat. The safes, like, districts in the state, like Washington and Oregon, even, you know, Oregon, it's like, it's a hard blue, but then, like, no, this is bad shit. And then, like, all the shit that goes on in Portland, lawlessness, all that shit, has, like, exasperated into this shit. And then now the so-called Republican candidate is gaining ground. Same in the Washington state, my old home state. Patty Murray, who's been there for 30 years, almost 40 years at this point, it feels like. She's been there forever. And then she has had some, you know, big lead as up to this summer. But then as we're getting closer to the election, I was like, do you want to keep voting her? What has she done for this place? Has she made, you know, improved the standard of living for all Washingtonians out in the great Pacific Northwest? And then if you get outside the Seattle bubble, you know, it's like the city of Seattle. I don't want people to misconstrue the entire Seattle and go to all the suburbs also because east side and all that. Nah, it's not like Seattle and Bellevue Kirk. Anyway, my point is, even if you get more east of that, like getting into the Cascadia Mountains, into the mountains where the fucking snow is instead of the fucking rain, 
you get those fucking Trumpers and the same people, the rule-like thinking people outside of the city. This is why I say it's no fucking different. Colorado, it's the same. Get out of Denver, get out of Boulder, towards Rifle, Colorado side, Glenwood Springs or some shit, you know, go an hour and a half west. And you'll get the same. That's where Lauren Bulbert's from. Same as Atlanta. Go to Atlanta and then look at that uh, Cobb County and then go north a little bit. Go about an hour drive. And then you pass Cartersville. And then one district over. That's where Marjorie Taylor Greene is. She's not so far from the Ad- Metro Atlanta, the fucking Brave Stadium. See, this thing is everywhere. And then it's these are the deciding voters. And then you say this is unfair. This is unfair. But, you know, the same, there are still sane-thinking people in those regions. People, I don't want the liberals to just, like, completely isolate them either. And this is why I kept preaching. There needs to be some work towards rural progressivism. I, just, I think uh, John, uh, John Teske from Montana, the Senate senator, he talked about this. He's from Montana and is a Democrat senator forever. And then there was a, uh, one other lady in uh, North Dakota, South Dakota. She was a senator for the longest time until she lost his seat. Iowa. You could have an opportunity in Iowa, but then, like, Democrats don't even fucking bother campaigning. It's like, that's a lost cause for the uh, Chuck Grassley, the retiring uh, Senate, or the oldest senator. They don't even bother campaigning. And I'm like, you don't think they're gay and trans people, you know, in the fucking Des Moines or Cedar Rapids, you know? And you gotta go to the grassroots level and do shit. And to be honest, I haven't seen much improvement. Even in like this Michigan area, Michigan is a Ohio has been that swing state for the longest time for the electoral college for presidents. Now it's a hard red at this point. Although some districts and even the Senate race with the who is it the fucking JD Vance, uh, the fucking guy, you know, I mean, it's a interesting toss up, you know, race going. But even if you win this one this year, two years from now, four years from now, six years from now, eight years from now, I'm not so sure. And that's one thing that I learned. They're like, hey, Democrats got the bare, you know, majority, but like, you can't break the filibuster. They got a lot done, to be honest, like, given given what they were given. But I just go, like, see how narrow that window of, you know, executing, delivering packages are for the policies and everything. You know, it's, uh, it's, it, the windows are shorter and things are getting tenser. So, I really think, I wouldn't be surprised, for example, Georgia, Raphael Warnock, you know, keeps the Senate over Herschel Walker for the Democrats. However, I also don't think Brian Kemp's going to lose so easy on the rematch of Brian Kemp versus Stacey Abrams. And I really, really like Stacey Abrams and how she approaches liberalism, especially for uh, growing southeast states like Georgia and the North Carolina going forward. I wish the I wish these hard left progressive wing does a better job. Like fucking the Ukraine letter, the Jaimal, you know, the representative Jaimal and all these like progressive wing kind of wrote and held back saying, hey, let's limit our, you know, let's rethink how we do approach the Ukraine-Russia situation. Why would you even contemplating writing that fucking letter? Less than a month to go in an election. If you don't know, some of the progressive wing wanted to write a letter to the president, Joe Biden, your own leader in the executive you know, branch of the government, 
to like, hey, maybe we should rethink how we just like keep spending m- money for Ukraine. That's great. Fiscally, you sound like a fiscal Republican libertarian. But at the same time, this is not the fucking time to fucking drop that shit, especially with the gas price and all that shit going on, whatever Russia's fucking doing. The fact that they thought about writing that letter, however, it got misconstrued and they couldn't get the message in front. is fucking boggling my mind. It's like, where's your fucking head at? Talking about this shit. And then like, just it's just ridiculous. We need to come to some, some sense of common sense and normalcy here. Then you're just looking at that shit. See, this is my also my problem with the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. All of them are urban centers where the progressives are, which is fine. That's a reality of every progressive ideas that comes from around the fucking world. Young people are in the cities, not in the rural. At the same time, America, compared to other countries in my view, have so much land and resources could leverage compared to Canada, compared to Brazil, compared to Korea, and all these fucking places. You don't leverage those spaces and those, you know, demographics that you could take advantage of. So you're living in that insular bubble. You expect that from the Republicans. I've seen this from the George Bush days. And like, oh, Texas, yeehaw, freedom, all that shit. Abortion, you know, Catholicism, yeehaw. I could see how they, like, they dug their feet deep and they've been digging deeper and deeper into fucking themselves over, in my view, into the extremism. So I don't give credit to Mitt Romney's and, like, Liz Cheney's of the world for doing the bare minimum of respecting the fucking system. I don't understand the progressives, like, fucking getting up and cheering for them. They're still Republicans, in my opinion. Not in my opinion. They are. So I like I don't think this election is going to go well and that gets me into the next question. All right, we got to think about replacing Joe Biden in the next presidential election. I'm sorry, but like who are you going to replace Joe Biden with? Kamala Harris? She hasn't been able to get out of the fucking Capitol Hill, especially the first two years, because she had to go break the fucking tie every time. So she had to be present in the fucking Senate chamber, in the Congress. She couldn't get out and campaign and get her image rehabbed. She's not going to beat DeSantis, if it's DeSantis. Two years is such a long time away. You know, like, who are you going to replace Joe Biden with? Like, Pete Buttigieg? All right, like, let's see him getting, you know, getting some airtime and saying, hey, here's an infrastructure deal that I got working in a federal government. And here's how I have distributed the money in some of even the red states like Kentucky, Georgia, you know, Florida and all these places, Michigan. That guy needs to campaign for red states specifically, in my view, to get some national recognition and bring sense to normalcy. He got some ways to go. He's been barely at a federal level. So tell me, who is going to replace Joe Biden? Second in command is Kamala Harris. Kamala. (laughs) I don't understand Democrats already like looking way ahead as if they won or they lost. Work with what the fuck you got. You have some victories with the packages that you passed. At the same time, all these like state governors... Also saying, like, I cut the deficit in the state deficit. I think Gretchen Whitmer said that. I go, ah, that's kind of misleading. 
because a lot of the states have surpluses in budgets in 2020 and 2021 with all the fucking printed money that got handed out to them, you know, as a pandemic relief. And I'm like, yeah, so you would have a surplus for the two fiscal years. But let's not misconstrue that as if you did something to, like, benefit that. Because every state house battle has been, state congress battle has been, all right, you need to give the money back to the people. But instead, state is like, nah, we're going to reserve that for emergencies and other things. But, you know, in the political ad, like Gretchen Whitmer put out there, it's like, we reduced the deficit for the state. We're in a surplus. Right, you got the money handed to you from the federal government. See, these are the kind of the common sense, like, thing, you know, I would look into and learn. But not too many Americans learn it either. All they care about is fucking gas money. How much does it cost? Oh, my God, inflation. I'm not making money on stock anymore. All these like retail investors are fucking suffering, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, how are you going to address that? Raise taxes. All right, raise tax on who? You know, living costs is already expensive. You got to be careful. And then I, I haven't really seen much idea from either side to really say, all right, you figure this out. I wish there's a leader that would, and also at the same time, I go, I don't want you to come in there with a sweet talk and promise you cannot deliver. I want you to come in and hold the fucking ship together for democracy and sanity and normalcy. And I'm sure a majority of the people do not think this way, which is unfortunate. At the same time, I just go, America, and then, you know, Bill Maher and people like that blame the American education system and all that. Yes, granted, that's all true. But same shit happens in other countries. That's why the Mussolini descendant got fucking elected in Italy. The fucking familyism bullshit in Korea got elected. And then the Brazil Trump got elected, and now he got ki- he's getting kicked, although he's not acknowledging his defeat to this day. See, people are the same, regardless of the government, the way it's set up. That said, I really think the America and North American system with Canada and Mexico, you have some sense of democracy and a voice. And it's a, it's a churning, continuing evolution of it. Because if you look at the overall human history of it, how many, how many centuries of this have existed in the ages of monarch, you know, oligarchy and emperor, strong men winning, all that shit? It hasn't been around so much. But you know what? America, relative to the rest, is extremely lucky and fortunate, which I really hope the progressives and liberals truly see as an immigrant looking in. I just go like, you know what? That's why I'm still here. This is still better than whatever the rest of the shit that's going on in other country. So appreciate what you got. But at the same time, you need to come back down to the common sense. This is why the immigrants are the most fascinating people in this countries like this in Canada and in U.S., you know? But let's see how it goes. I really think it's going to be sort of the split vote that comes. And Democrats will be more shocked in places they expect to sweep, such as in the Pacific Northwest. I, even in Michigan, some of the, you know, uh, the polls are showing that the oh, Republican government, gubernatorial candidates catching up. But, like, I don't think she's going to win because she's too bad shit. She started down 70 points, you know. That's an exaggeration. She started at seven touchdowns down, and you're down three touchdowns. That's the gap in my view. It's catching up to that extent. And next time, four years later, it might be different, right? Let's see what happens, but please, please go out and vote. 
speak your voice. I sound like an NFL commercial. And then we'll see you next week. And then see what turned out on Wednesday, the night after the midterms. Peace out.